So you got invited to your first fantasy basketball league. You've been playing fantasy football, but you have no idea what you're about to get yourself into with fantasy hoops. Everybody keeps talking about punting categories, and you're like, what are you talking about? I thought this was fantasy basketball. Punting is football. And you're like, what the heck are they talking about? No worries. In this episode, our special guest, fantasy basketball analyst extraordinaire, Adam King, is going to break down fantasy basketball punting down to the molecules. Adam has worked with Fantrax, Rotowire, Sports Ethos, and Fantasy Basketball International. By the way, welcome to the Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Robin Marks. You can connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game Pick Podcast. You can also connect with me at Robin Marks. If you love fantasy sports, please consider subscribing. We drop new episodes every single week. Now, let's go ahead and bring in my man. There he goes. There he goes. What's going on, Adam? Uh, very good to be here and a, an interesting time for me. You are way too enthusiastic for 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> you know, people, it's wild to me because 5.30 in the morning is like my business hours. <laughs> you know? well, well, yeah, look, I mean, as I said, appreciated because it's it's much easier for me doing this 7.30 at night than 6 o'clock in the morning. So I'm happy. Well, I'm looking forward to doing it again. And you know what the people want. They want some information. They want to get that knowledge out of your mind. So we'll jump right in. The first question I have for you, Adam, is just a basic one. Why is um, punting in fantasy basketball so useful and and what is it like what people hear punting especially people coming over from the fantasy football world they're like this is the wrong sport like you told me it's basketball like what's happening talk to me about the concept and why it's useful for people who want to win in fantasy yeah so for me i sort of fell into it i guess i didn't come in through the the points route like a lot of americans do because a lot transition from fantasy football which is a points based i've never played fantasy football so I'm no expert at all, but from what I've heard, it's it's a points-based sort of scoring system. So a lot of people that come over to basketball come in through that points, uh, points-based points um, method and then transition into category leagues or roto leagues. I didn't do that. I came straight in. Um, I was just invited by some friends to play fantasy basketball. I had no idea what it was. It was a, can- a category league. Uh so I did it for a few years and, and sort of figured out what it was, how it worked. And the reason I guess I got into punting and and why it, I think it helps me is because by punting, like whichever category you punt, it skews rankings, it skews projections, it skews everything. And so there's value. It's, it's a good way of finding value because if everyone is just sort of of the same mindset, hey, we're not punting, we just want best player available, everyone is targeting very similar players at the same spot in the drafts. If you punt, which, I mean, we'll chat about it when you punt certain categories, it bumps values way up, way down. Um, And so it means that while everyone else is sort of chasing specific players, you can go, hey, this guy who's in, I guess, in a generalised setting, he might be, I don't know, a top 50 guy. But in your build, he's top 30 
So you can take him at 40 and, and you're not really reaching them. Um, so for me, it, it just differentiates you from other players. And, and there's there's so many different combinations of punting. You can punt one category, two, three, four, depending on how many categories are in your league. So I think it just mixes it up and makes it exciting. Um, and for me, it also makes it a little bit easier going into a draft you probably shouldn't go in with a draft strategy, but I do. Um, usually you want to draft one or two players before you decide on whether you want to punt. Um, and, look, and look, I mean, to be to be clear, you don't have to punt. It's And I'm, I'm happy if no one in my league punts. If I'm the only one punting, then I'm going after certain guys. So, yeah, look, for me, I, I just think it, it adds another nuance to, to the category format. Very nice, very nice. And... I guess my next question is, you said that if people can choose not to punt, but does can you win without punting in category leagues? Do you think that people can like still pull it off if they're savvy enough to you know, manage that? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, obviously injuries play a factor. Um, there's a bit of luck involved with, especially nowadays with players missing games and, and rest and injuries. So... That's going to factor in when anyone wins. Um, you could also say that where you pick in a draft factors into that as well. Um, but yeah, look, you can certainly win a head-to-head um, category league by not punting. Um, I usually, I, I'm sort of a, I shoot myself in the foot sometimes when I punt because I usually say it's a nine-category league. I'm certainly okay to punt four categories, and it's. It's not something I'd recommend doing um, because it can backfire, but I've also had a lot of success with it. So if, if you do it right, um, there are advantages, I think, to punting multiple categories. But if you've never done it before, I'd probably just start by punting one. Yep. Do you have any um, funny punting stories or any uh, war stories from your, your time playing fantasy surrounding punting that you can think of oh look no not really i I guess because i'm in so many leagues like every year i say this year i'm cutting back i'm only doing five i'm only doing four and i end up in 15 or 20 so it's it's hard for me to remember specific leagues and specific times um when i've punted I, i know i do remember one year um i mean i've got that that league that i initially joined 10 years ago, whatever it was, um, which I have, I've only won that league once. And the year that I won it um, was all, that was sort of the year, I think it was probably about year three or four that I was in the league. And it's probably when I started to lean into that punting strategy a little bit. And I ended up with uh, uh, Anthony Dave. It was an Anthony Davis season where season where he actually played. Um, so he would have been with the Pelicans could have been the year they made the playoffs and, and went. Well, they had a really strong season. He probably finished first or second. I can't remember. But I it was Carl Anthony Towns' rookie season or sophomore season. I can't remember. So he was a top 10 player as well. So I had both of those guys. And then I just went, well, I'm not really going to be good at assists here. I'm not going to be great at steals. So I just sort of lent into that uh, punt sort of guard categories theory and it worked and I won um but then the next year I 
it was a keeper league, so I had similar a similar squad. Anthony Davis did what he does and didn't play, got injured, um, and so I didn't win. So that that is where punting can sort of bring you down. Um, but yeah, look, I don't really have any sort of specific um, stories that that resonate with me because I've yeah, as I said, I'm probably in twenty leagues a year. That's a lot. I, I find myself in the same situation where I get these messages from people and they're like, hey, Robin, we're, st- we're drafting tomorrow. And I'm like, uh, let me clear my schedule, right? And then I find myself like mid-season, like, what have I done? You know, I'm going through it. Yeah. So I can relate to that. Uh, one thing that just came to mind, um, you talked about like making an in-season adjustment uh, in terms of your punting strategy. Is that something that uh, players should look out for like they see like maybe through trades or through waiver acquisitions that their build has transformed and shifting into another punting um, strategy is that something you recommend yeah I think so I think if you're fairly new to it and and you don't you don't necessarily want to go with a punt build right on draft day just draft best player get a good team together give it a couple of months and have a look, then go and check your standings. Have a look at, like I always, whenever I check my standings, I I don't actually check where I'm sitting. I mean, I look, but I don't, I don't focus on where I'm sitting in the standings, whether I'm fourth, whether I'm third, whether I'm eighth. I have a look at the, the categories for the season so far. So where do I rank in assists? Where do I rank in blocks? Where do I have a look at every category? That's a very easy way to go, okay, look, I'm second in rebounds, blocks, I'm first in field goal percentage, um, I'm fifth in points, but I'm ninth in assists and 12th in steals. So you could say, you can go one of two ways there. You can go, okay, I need to get some guards or I'm going to go with what's working for me and I'm going to trade away, um, like this season, for example, you might have Jordan Poole okay, I don't need him because he's he's getting the assists and, and steals and I, I'm not good in those categories. So I'll trade him and get a top 40 player back, um, like a Miles Turner or something, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's very valid and, and, and a good strategy to have. Um, but, you, I mean, you need to give it enough time. So you don't want to do it after two weeks, obviously, because you might have had a guy out. So give it a give it a month, give it two months, um, but then go and have a look at your standings, because that is something you need to factor in. If you are punting, you won't necessarily be top of your standings, uh, especially in a category format. Because if you're playing head to head each category, which will mean you get a point for every category that you win every week. Uh, so if it's a nine category league. You can win 5-4, you can win 6-3, you can win 7-2. If you're punting, so in theory, you're only going to be good at, I don't know, seven categories, for example, if you're punting two, the most really that you're going to win is 7-2 every week. Uh, whereas there'll be some teams that might have just drafted really well who might get some 9-0 wins or 8-1 wins. So usually I'd say when I'm punting, I'd... I don't finish first in the regular season. Um, you usually do enough to get into the playoffs, so you might finish fifth. Um, but then from there, you just win because you dominate those categories. Very nice, very nice. That's some really good input. So, Adam, I want to talk about specific categories. So if we can, 
I'd like to go through the categories and then just share any like simple basic strategies for each one, specifically around uh, positions to target, you know what I mean, when we're talking about those categories. And even if some players come to mind that generally uh, fit the mold for that particular category. How's that sound? Yep, let's do it. Great. So let's start off with turnovers. What kind of strategies, players, positions would you recommend for folks to look out for if they're punting turnovers? Well, I'll, I mean, I'd start off by saying I'd probably punt turnovers in every league you're in. Um, it's, it, it, I, I don't like it as a category. I know a lot of analysts feel the same way. Um, I know Josh Lloyd certainly feels the same way, um, but I, I don't even look at turnovers. I don't even factor it in when I'm punting. Um, but if you are, if you want to be good in turnovers, which means you're, you're low in turnovers, um, you usually just associate those with the, well, guards a little more than bigs because they tend to have the ball in their hands a little bit more. Um, but the reason I don't like it is because generally speaking, the higher or the um, the more important the player or the, uh, the the more productive, the higher they're going to be in turnovers. Like Luca, James Harden, Lillard, all these guys that are, that are going to get points, assists, steals, rebounds, um, three-pointers are probably going to be high in turnovers as well. So if you're trying to limit your turnovers, um, it really does... Um, reduce the amount of players that you can target because so many good players are high in turnovers. Good stuff. So talk to me about assists then. What what kind of strategies, players and positions should we look out for for assists if we're punting? So yeah, if you're punting assists, obviously you, for me, when I, if I'm thinking of doing a punt, and as I said, I, I punt multiple categories and I know, I think that's going to be one of your questions later, like combining strategies. So for me, I it's not as clear cut as it used to be, but I, I generally have the categories, uh, the, so yeah, your nine categories. I split them into two columns, I suppose. Assists, uh, steals, three-pointers, points, uh, guard categories, generally speaking. Um, as I said, it's not as clear cut now because more and more bigs are hitting threes. But then you've got your rebound, oh, and free throw percentage, sorry, in that category as well because guards tend to be better from the free throw line. And then on the other side, I have uh, rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, turnovers would fall in there as your big um, sort of your centres, your power forwards. So if I'm punting assists, for example, that was your question, wasn't it? It was punting assists. So if I'm punting assists, uh, you're, I'm going, okay, well, that's a guard stat, so I'm leaning into a, a team with, with bigs. Um, so I'm looking at centres, I'm looking at power forwards. And that's easy. You can you can go and get a center. You can go and get a power forward. But what you need to look at if you're punting guard stats is you, you still need to get guards on your roster because most leagues will have some sort of a requirement where you need two guards or three guards. So it's it's about finding those guards that where, where assists aren't necessarily a strength because you want to try and create some value here. Um, so some names would be and i will uh, i will bring it up and look it's not when you're punting as well you have to be careful not just because you're punting assists doesn't mean you you don't want assists like if, if there's a lose, guy you don't want to lose the category you're not intentionally yeah. trying to lose the category you're just not prioritizing it 
That's right. Yeah, it's just not a focus. So you, you don't care. So like if you had the first pick and you and I'm going in and I'm going, okay, look, I'm going to punt assists this year. That doesn't mean I'm not going to take Jokic with the first pick because he's good at assists. You still take Jokic with the first pick. Um, but some guards here, if, if I sort of go through my lists uh, that, that I've got going um, uh, with when punting assists, uh, and you usually have to dive if you've got rankings, if you've got basketball monster, if you've got any of those, you usually have to sort of scroll through a little bit to find guys. Um, so someone like a Buddy Heald, he's, he's a solid player. Uh, he was top 50 or something last year, um, but doesn't get a lot of assists. He'll get you your other guard stats. He'll chip in some steals. He'll get threes. He'll get points. So he's not a someone like that. He's not a bad guy um, to target. Um who else we got? Tyrese Maxey, Devin Vassell, um, guys like this who are going to score, get you 20 points maybe, get some threes. So they'll get your your typical guard stats but won't get eight assists like a Trey Young or a, or a Harden or 10 assists. So um, that is what you want to be looking at. And like I said, with the, the increase in value, so someone like a um, – uh, where are we? So a Tyrese Maxey gets a small bump in a build like that, as does Devin Vassell. Uh, Derek White would be another one, uh, probably not as much this year because he's going to be pretty good at assists, I would say, um, or, or better than he has been. Um, so that's who you're sort of looking at. Emmanuel Quickly uh, is another guy sort of down the list here. Um, Terry Rozier, probably, if, if um, Lamelo Ball stays healthy, he's probably another guy you can look at. So those sort of guards, they'll get sort of a round, generally a, a bump, uh, of about a round when you're punting assists. Very, very nice. Really quick, I want to talk about today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Fantasy Sports Shop on Etsy. Grab your exclusive Fantasy Sports swag today. And if you have ideas for the next drop, just let us know in the comment section of this episode. Also, every month we will be giving away a shirt to a community member. To enter, all you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel and drop the comments free shirt on this episode to take a look at what we have in stock all you have to do is visit bit.ly slash the fantasy sports shop so next up adam i want to talk about blocks what ca uh, what players um i know the you know positions that you will be looking at um but why don't you tell me about the positions and also maybe some players and some strategies if you're going to think about punting blocks so blocks are actually a, a, a pretty interesting one um, because, because nowadays elite shot blockers like Miles Turner, like um, Jaron Jackson, probably Wemby, probably Chet, these guys are, are pretty rare now. So because the game is moving further away from the basket, we've seen it with Rudy Gobert. Um, as soon as you lose that quickness and lateral movement, your shot blocks, uh, your your um, block numbers can fall quite quickly. Uh, so if you're if you're punting block, I actually think it's a it's a sneaky um, strategy to go in with this year because a lot of talk is going to be out about Wemby and about Chet, especially just because they're the the new sort of um, shiny new toys for for managers. Mm. Managers tend to chase blocks early because they're hard to get later um, because they're so rare now. And so if you punt 
blocks and, and you're not going after these guys, like you'll find that um, Miles Turner, I, I, I come back to Miles Turner just because I, I remember looking at his numbers. He was top 20 or something last year. You punt blocks, he's top 70. It, it's such it's such a pivotal swing category. Um, and it's going to be the same for like guys like Nick Claxton again this year. Um, those Those players... Basically, their whole value is is reliant on blocks. So people are going to chase them early, and they're going to chase blocks. If you don't care about blocks, you're going to find that other players who sh- probably should be going a bit higher might fall to you a little bit. Um, if you're punting blocks, much like with the assists, you you just want to go for guards as much as you can. But if you've got to get some centers, you want to try and get centers that. Don't really play defense, probably, um, but they might be good at assists. Um, Nikola Vucevic is a really good one. Doesn't really get blocks, but can get some assists. Even Carl Anthony Towns isn't bad because he uh, he's a he's a decent passer as a center. Um, Sabonis is another really good one. Um, Shengun is another good one. So, looking for centers, not Brook Lopez. Uh, yeah, not your Turner, not your Claxton. These guys um, chase those those centers, and you'll usually find if if they are centers that that don't block shot. And I don't know why it works out like this, but they tend to be a little bit better from the free throw line too. So um, that that will then bump up that category for you. Good stuff. So let's talk about points. So I know um, you know everyone's going to score points. We get it. But if you're punting that category, what strategies uh, should you use? And also, do people uh, punt points a lot? Uh, it doesn't happen a lot, um, but I'm, I know I'm going to do it this season. We're in a couple of leagues. I've already <laughs> decided on that before, I've even, before we're even drafting. Um, a little bit like blocks, people chase points early. So if you don't usually, if you don't get, if you're not sort of top, near the top of the standings, or projected standings after three or four rounds in a draft in points, you're probably not going to make up much ground late because you don't really get a lot of players after about pick 50 who can score more than 20 points a game. Um, and so I find, I, for having a look at rankings and numbers, I think it's it's actually a category that creates a lot of value when you punt it. A lot of other players get, get a boost. Um and it's those ones that you would sort of, if you're if you're not punting and you get to a certain point in the draft, um, Draymond Green always comes to mind for me. I've never drafted him, but the and I think the reason I haven't usually drafted him is it, it gets to pick eighty or ninety. He's sitting there, and I go, oh, he's good. He's good in assists. He's good in steals, but he only scores like eight points a game. I can't have a guy in my team that scores eight points a game. So, so for me punning points, you would go, well, of course I'm going to take him because he gets me assists, rebounds, steals, some blocks. Um, and then if you look at the top um, top of the draft as well, obviously that's where a lot of your big point scorers are in the top 20. Um, they're going to score 30 points a game. But someone like a um, – so I think if you're punning points this season, Tyrese Halliburton would be a perfect first draft pick because he's probably only going to score 20 a game but he'll get you 10 or 11 assists, two steals, three threes. He's efficient. So he does everything else except score. Um, So that's why I think I'm going to look into punting points 
this season and and along with that I'm probably going to punt percentages as well I'm looking at, a, at that as a build this year where I I don't worry about points or percentages all I worry about is rebounds assists blocks steals and threes pretty much very nice well let's talk about uh percentages let's talk about field goal and free throw percentages when you're built when you're um creating a build around those categories what does that look like for you and some uh positions and players that we'd be looking at yeah look i think it's hard to if you're it's hard to not if you're going to punt one lot of percentages so say you're going to punt field goal percentages it probably means you're you're going to get a lot of guards on your team um uh, no sorry yes no that's right i'm confusing myself it's too late at night for me obviously it's too if, early for me <laughs> too early for you so if uh yeah i guess what i'm saying is it's it's hard it, it is a little bit hard to punt both while then focusing on other categories because the two the two are quite separate so field goal percentage tends to be your big guys your your centers your power forwards uh players that don't shoot a lot of threes um free throw percentage tends to be your guards who are really efficient from the free throw line but may only shoot 43% from the field so if you're going to punt one just by the the way that you build your roster you're probably going to be pretty good in the other one um so yeah, like I said, I'm going to try it this year and see how it goes. But I would probably suggest, yeah, and that'll almost determine the direction of your punt. Like if you just came in and went, okay, I'm going to punt field goal percentage, it means you're going to have a lot of guards and you're not going to care like with a Fred Van Fleet, if he shoots 39%, you couldn't care less if he's jacking up 30 shots a game um, and only making 12 of them because he's probably still getting you 30 points, but it doesn't matter. So that would then you'd, you'd lean into those players and then you'd go, okay, well, I'm probably going to have to punt blocks as well, for instance. Um, but something to just to keep in mind, again, going back to blocks, I think it's a really interesting category. Even if you want to punt blocks, they are so rare at the moment that you can almost, you can almost punt blocks but still be competitive in blocks with one draft pick. So you might, if you draft Miles Turner because he's pretty good from the free throw line, he hits some threes. Um, so even if you're punting blocks, he's not a bad guy to target. But he could win you blocks alone in a week if he plays four games and gets just goes off. He could get you sort of 18 blocks, and then with all your other guys sort of adding together to get you eight blocks, you might get 24 blocks for the week, and that might be enough to win um, because chances are unless a team has gone into a punt guard build and they've drafted Jaron Jackson and Nick Claxton and Chet Holmgren, then obviously you're not going to beat them. But if you just come up against a team that's fairly standard, then uh, you can actually still be competitive in blocks just with one single player. Very nice. That is a nugget right there. I love that one. Um, next, uh, you talked about uh, jacking up shots like Fred Van Vliet. Let's talk about punting threes. Like what kind of positions, players, and strategies would we be looking to, to take advantage of there? Yeah, threes is an interesting one, I think, because we know like pretty much everyone can hit a three now. It's We're at that point where um, it's really only, as I said, those elite shot blockers like not Jaron Jackson and, and Miles Turner, but like um, 
uh, like in Nick Claxton, Walker Kessler is going to be another one this season. They don't really hit threes, but most centres will hit at least half a three a game. So punting threes is sort of a tricky one or, or one I probably wouldn't lean into because it's quite easy to be competitive in threes and you can get a guy at pick 150 who might give you two and a half threes a game. Um, if you're in a standard format, 12-team 12, uh, 12 league, 150 players deep, something like that, you're going to be able to stream threes as well. Um, you're going to be able to get, like I can say, I would, I mean, based on our ADP at the moment, someone like a Luke Kennard is not getting drafted. But with Jar Morant out, he could start or at least play 28, 30 minutes and get you three and a half threes a game. So you might be able to stream him in. Um, so threes a little bit like turnovers. I tend to not worry too much because I feel like you can just be competitive if you want to be. Um, and you can make it up during the season. Um, so, yeah, it's. I just think everyone does it now. So it's it's hard to to punt it. Um, again, you, you're really narrowing your target uh, in terms of drafts if you're punting threes because there's not many guys that don't shoot them. Very nice, very nice. Um, Adam, you talked about earlier on you sometimes are punting for categories. Let's talk about some advanced strategies. So, like, we have some folks um, in my community or anyone who's catching this that might be a little more advanced in terms of uh, playing fantasy basketball, and they're thinking about combining categories. Talk to me about some common strategies that you've used or what you would recommend for folks who are thinking about combining categories for their strategy this year. Yeah, so like I said, I'm not afraid to punt for categories, but I I wouldn't recommend it unless you're... I mean, I guess, again, I'm in so many leagues that I'm like, well, what what the hell? I'll just try it and see what happens. But if you're only in one league and everything is invested in this one league, you probably don't want to do it. Um, a strategy that worked for me a lot last season was punting um, rebounds and blocks and field goal percentage. So three big man categories and just going guard heavy. Um, and that's why I knew that Nikola Vucevic was a good fit because I had him on a lot of my teams last season. Um, that tended to work for me. Part, like I said sort of earlier on, I have I tend to split the categories into two columns, but the ones that are a bit borderline are points and threes because you can get that from the centre or the guard position or forward. Um that said, points tend to be easier to get from guards. There's more there's more guards, uh, wing players who score than there are centres. So if you don't want to punt points, you're probably going to need to target more guards than, than bigs. So that worked for me last season in a lot of leagues. I punted those three categories um, and just sort of – and then got – Got big guys. Uh, so Shengun was another one that I had on a few teams last season um, because he gives you some assists. Um, he's not a great defender, but he gets you a steal a game. He can hit a three. So that worked for me. Um, and I, I like to experiment, um, but I think that I think that kind of punt strategy would probably work again this year. Um, but like I said, I, I'm interested to try the punt points strategy this year because I think I think it will just so many people focus on points that it will just open the door to find value with a lot of guys 
who are floating around that play, managers are looking at going, uh, you only give me 14 points a game where this guy gives me 19 points a game, so I'm going to go with that guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to try that idea, I think. Are there any um, strategies around combining categories that you would recommend folks to stay away from? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at it from a, uh, I guess, a, um, a logical standpoint, it's going to be tough to punt. So assists and rebounds, because then you that's sort of a guard category and a big category. So which path am I going there? Um so cross punting, I suppose you could call it. I don't know where you punt from from one from each side is is tricky to do. I did try to do it in a league last year and it didn't work. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, it sort of was working, but I know I was relying on points. Uh, and I think I I think I drafted Jarmorant and Zion. So when they were playing, I, I was going really well. But then Zion basically missed the rest of the, the season. And so I, I was I couldn't do anything. Um so that would probably be the only thing I'd try to avoid is is punting one from like a, a big man category and a guard category. Um you you might as well not punt. And probably punting, I don't know, two categories, I think is probably a good number to start with, one or two. So maybe you just punt blocks and rebounds. Or maybe you just punt assists and steals. They're probably the two easiest ones to do. Um, and then if it works, build on that next year. Um, but, I mean, like we said at the top, you don't have to punt. Um, and if everyone in your league is going to punt, then don't punt. So do, do the opposite and just go with best player available. Very nice. Very nice. Adam, any other words of wisdom to the people about punting? I said I love doing it. Um, I, I think it adds, it, it, it makes me, like I, I said, and don't do this as well, don't go in with a punt strategy in mind. I, I do it, but um, I've been doing it for years. But for me, it it makes it a little bit easier to come up with a list of targets. So if because if, if you're just going best player available, it's just going to be, okay, who's in the draft room, who's available, who do I think is the best player? But I can go through my rankings beforehand. I can turn punt on and have a look and say, have a look at ADP and go, okay, this guy, he's going at around pick 70. So I know guys are going to be looking at him in that area. But for me, he's actually a top 40 player. So I'm going to make him a priority of mine in the fifth round, which is you're fairly confident then that no one else will go after him that early because over his overall rank is not that high. Um, so I would say know your league as well. Know the other managers in your league, um, how they think. The more you know about them, the more you can predict, okay, I think he's going to be after this guy as well. Um, make sure you know who they listen to because all of the analysts have their guys that they're talking up. Uh, we just did the roundtable article where we talked about our guys. So depending on who they listen to, uh, if I know someone is listening to, um, I can't even, oh, who's doing Dan Gafford? Alex Barutha, I think he's all over Dan Gafford. So if, if someone listens to his his stuff, listens to the Roto-Wire stuff, they're going to be a bit higher on Daniel Gafford this year and probably take him at pick 70 or something. 
but based on our ADPs, he's going after pick 100. So if you're if you're chasing blocks, you can go, okay, I think Gafford will be there at pick 80, um, so I'll leave it. But if you know that there's two guys in your league that listen to Alex Brutha, you'll go, oh, yeah, he's not going to be available because I know they're going to take him. So so know who you're drafting with and, and who you're playing against. Um, but... I mean, have fun. Fantasy is just fun. So if, if you want to try something and you're not invested sort of hundreds of dollars or anything like that, if it's 20 bucks or 10 bucks, just have fun and see how you go. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Adam, we appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge. Why don't we just take a minute to share your social media handles, but also anything that you have coming up that you want the folks to know about? Uh, so Twitter is at Adam King 91. Um, that's generally where you'll find most of my stuff. Uh, we do all the the tweets, uh, all the threads, and and stuff like that. Um, uh, FBI at uh, FBI Basketball is is our sort of group Twitter, I suppose, and FBIBasketball.com is our website. Uh, that's where you can get access to our Discord server, which then gets you um, all of the information about uh, our draft only leagues. So we've been running um, a number of drafts already this season. Uh, I think we're up to about 40. So that's where we get all of our um, ADP data. So we've we've probably got the most at the moment because we're the only one who's really running leagues. Um, that could be something to try a bit off topic, but if, if, if you're looking at trying to punt and going, okay, I want to figure out how this punt thing works, jump into our Discord server go into a draft only league because they're five dollars so you pay you can win money but it's it's not much try it see how you go um just as an experiment uh so that's where you'll find all that stuff we've got um our show the balls deep uh fantasy basketball podcast uh with myself and dr a steve alexander so we we um we release that every what do we do at Wednesday? So I think it comes out on a Tuesday night over there, Wednesday our time. Um, plus, we, I'm just doing random episodes. There's not, I mean, as you know, there's not a ton of content out at the moment. So we're just, I'm releasing a couple of shows every week. Um, we're doing the roundtable article uh, every week as well. And uh, we launched on Monday. Monday, Sunday, uh, Josh Lloyd, uh, so Locked On Fantasy Basketball and FBI Basketball um, launched the World I don't know, are they calling it the World Cup? It's, it's the I think it's Fantasy Basketball World Cup. Yeah, so so last year we had we had a World Cup and Josh had his Locked On Fantasy Bowl, so they were two separate big tournaments. Um, and uh, Josh lives in Melbourne in Australia with the guy that I work with, B-Dub, um, so we, we, we chat a lot and, uh, we just came up with the idea of, Hey, let's, let's combine the two. Uh, let's make one big tournament. So it's got 48 divisions, I think. Um, so 12, so what's that? 560 spots. I think Josh is filling his, his half at the moment. So if you, uh, the, I think he put up a link or something in one of his shows to a Google form or some sort of form where you have to answer questions to get into it because a lot of people um i mean i've had i've had tons of people messaging me saying how do i get into it how do i get into it so at the moment the only way to get in is through josh once he's filled his half then we will launch our 
um, method or, or how you can get into it from our side as well. So that's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty exciting tournament, I think. Very, very dope. Uh, Adam, we do have a couple of questions. I'm going to just pull them up if you don't mind. Um, so we have the Highlight Factory wants to know, anyone you think that'll be a big category person this year that wasn't last year? Uh, so a big category person, as in some, as in a breakout kind of guy, is that what we're looking yeah, I think at? Yeah, like, looking at a bre- breakout. Yeah. Okay. So we we did do a, a roundtable article on on breakout players and who we saw as as breakouts. Um, I know one guy I was really high on was Markel Fultz for this season. Um, uh, we had uh, Daniel Gafford was another one that a few people were high on. Uh, Walker Kessler. Um, I'm pretty high on on uh, Cam Johnson, to be honest. Uh, he, I think he was the guy I did in the article. Um, I think, let me just have a look here at who we had. There's a few sort of sneaky guys, I suppose, like guys that I've got my eye on towards the end of drafts, who I'm probably not drafting, but just keep an eye on them. Um, Keontae George is one for the Jazz. Um they don't really have a point guard. I, I don't think he starts, but you never know. Um, and I talked about uh, Luke Kennard earlier. Uh, if you look at his numbers from the end of last season, he was really good. Uh, and they're not going to have Ja Morant for 25 games at least. So so I think he's someone. Uh, Obi Toppin is another one that people are pretty high on this season if he starts uh, in, um, in Indiana. Uh, Austin Reeves. Um, I'm stupidly staying high on Ben Simmons, but that's uh, I do it every year and then I regret it. But uh, I'm hoping he can turn things around. And I don't know, based on the videos, he looks good, but I'm sure we say that every year. Yeah. And if he plays, right, we know yep. what we're going to get. The issue is he don't play. <laughs> so it's like, yep. But if you much. can get him like in the ninth round, like I'll, I'll take a, you know, a crack at that every time. Ninth, tenth round, I, like that's where I see him going in some of these mock drafts. Like he's no one is thinking about him, and all of no. the projections have him like buried under a rock. So it's like, you know, it's like the the risk versus reward is there. So I would definitely pick him up too. Yeah, and yeah, if, and look, if you're in a category, if it's a category format that you're playing, and you're it's a standard kind of league, and and so you've got I don't know fourteen rounds, for example. You usually want to look at your last two, three picks as guys that you're probably going to drop anyway. So, like, if Simmons is sitting there, just go, look, I'm going to take him. Let's see what happens. Give him a week, and and I'll drop him if I need to. Because if you – I could almost guarantee if you look at your roster at the end of the season compared to the start of the season, chances are a couple of the guys that you drafted will have dropped off and gone to waivers or someone else would have got them. So, once you get beyond about around – uh, sort of round 10, round 11, just swing for the fences. Take guys that have upside. Ben Simmons can be a top 50 player, um, especially if you're punting free throws. So if he's there, just grab him and see what happens. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Adam, listen, this has been truly an honor. I've been following your stuff for the longest. So to have you on the show is like sincerely a great honor for the Game Pick podcast community and for myself. So I'm grateful for you. Um, any last uh, comments before we get out of here? No, look, this this was fun. If you're happy to do podcasts at this <laughs> at this time, then I'm sure we'll um, we'll do it again because 
yeah, it's it's easy for me. Like I know you've got two two little ones running around. I've got two teenagers, so they're looking after themselves. I don't need to worry about them. Um, so I can just shut the door and tell them to go and watch TV or something. Um, very easy. So I'm sure we will uh, connect again at some point, either on my show or your show. Looking forward to it. Adam, stick around in the green room for me for a minute. I'm going to close this out, okay? No worries. Oh, man, that was a treat. That was a treat. Listen, if you're looking for a community that will help you win your championship, win your league championship, you got to join our private Discord server of over 1,200 fantasy basketball fanatics. All you have to do is visit bit.ly slash game pick podcast. That's bit.ly forward slash game pick podcast if you want to sign up for free. Again, if you need help or advice, drop your questions in the comment section below of this episode. I promise to answer every single comment. And don't forget, play the waivers, set your lineups, and follow Game Pick, your freaking fantasy nerd. Peace!